there are two aspects of year. We're talking about such an important, important year site for our entire lives, and especially this time of the year. <coughs> a normal, healthy, real year of And how to look at, at, at difficulties and at suffering. When a person is afraid of something, he could run away from it. There's a natural, there's a natural instinct that a person has that when he's afraid of something, he runs away from it. He could be afraid of making a certain phone call, so he runs away from that phone call. He's afraid of uh, something, whatever it is, the natural instinct of a person is to is to run away from what he's afraid of. The dogma, like we spoke about last week also, the dogma, Adam Yari Mikel, if a person is afraid of dogs, you see a scary dog on one side of the street, you walk over to the other side of the street. Zubi Yira Amalida Rihuk. This is a kind of fear that gives birth to distance. Unfortunately, this is much of the years Ha'ainish that, that, that we grow up with. That causes rechuk, it causes distance. In other words, you're afraid of God. God is on your side of the street, you cross over the street. Right? It's happening with a lot of the heaven. The ones that take God very, very seriously. Like, a little child will go over to a scary dog. Sometimes a very little kid will go to a scary dog and want to pet the scary dog. But the older kid, or the parents, uh, uh, want to cross the street. Because the little kid doesn't know enough about this dog. So the little kid doesn't take the dog seriously. It's just, a, it's like a, it's like the thing that he has in his bed, the stuffed animal that he has in his bed, so, or, or the cartoon that he saw. So the little, it's not enough given. He would, he would pet a lion also. Because the child is a shite that doesn't know anything. And he doesn't take, the, and he doesn't take the dog seriously. So he, he could stay on the same side of the street. But, when you take the dog very seriously, that you're afraid of the dog, then you might cross the street, right? That's one way of dealing with something you're afraid of. So, if a person doesn't care about Hashem, it doesn't make much of a difference in his life, so then he could he could make condition of dull, and he could pet God, and stay on the same side of the street. It doesn't frighten him. It's okay. It's not an Indian, because he's such a shaita, he's such a child, that God is not an issue, a big enough issue in his life. He doesn't take God so seriously. So he can stay on the same side of the street. Sometimes you have a person that takes God very seriously, but he's afraid of God in a, in, in a way that's not the right way. And when you when you when you understand that this is a dog and this dog's got teeth and he looks like he's angry, then I, I cross the street. So people run away from Hashem. So there's a fear that causes distance. So if a person's afraid of Gehenna. If a person's afraid of that place, whatever that is, that, that place of punishment after death, if a person's afraid of Gehenim, what frightens him is not the Balabas, what frightens him is Gehenim itself. The punishments of Gehenim frighten the person. That doesn't have to do with God. He's separated from God. He's not afraid of God, he's afraid of Gehenim. He's afraid of of punishments in Gehenna. He's not afraid of, of God. He's afraid of Gehenna. So that fear that he has of Gehenna 
separates him from God. The same way that if you're afraid of the dog, it separates you from the dog. If you're afraid of dogs, you stay away from dogs. You're afraid... When the fear here, in this situation, is a fear of Gehenim itself. He's, atta- he's detached from the Rabbi Shalom. He's detached from the Rabbi Shalom. He's only afraid of Gehenim itself. So he says, All of Leos Yerimei HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shemanish First of all, he has to be afraid of going against Hashem, the one who punishes us with such a thing. Not from Gehenim itself. Just being afraid of Gehenim itself causes a person to go further away from God. The person is afraid of something happening. He's not afraid of God. If a person is afraid, also he's afraid. He's afraid of Gehenna, and he's also afraid of the one who's running Gehenna. This can also cause there to be in the person's soul a distance from God, even though this person is afraid of Gehenna, and he's afraid of the punishments, and he's afraid of God. Why? Because he's afraid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's his fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? His fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is... The fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is because of the punishments of Gehenim. He says, And the same way that when you're... Like I was explaining a minute ago, when you're afraid of the dog, you run away from it. So too, this guy's fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is associated with the, with the punishments of Gehenim, he runs away from Gehenim. He runs away from the who's the Balabas of Gehenim. He doesn't want to have to do with Gehenim. That frightens him. He wants to. He, but he, uh, uh, but he's afraid. But he's afraid of a Kaddish Baruch Hu who's the Manish. And and the same way you're afraid of the dog, you stay away from the dog. You're afraid of you're afraid of a Kaddish Baruch. You stay away from a Kaddish Baruch. So now what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to be afraid of? Kach Matzino Eitzel Adam so we saw we saw this by other Marishim. <coughs> After he sinned and he ate from the tree of knowledge, and he heard that Hashem is on the same side of the street, right? Basically, he heard that Hashem is in the neighborhood, right? Who pushed his He ran to the other side of the street. That's what it says. It says Beferish and The first Avera that there ever was of Adam and Chava. The result of that was a terrible fear. A fear of the consequences and a fear of, of the one who's going to punish. Instead of that bringing him closer to God, which is the, which is the purpose of punishment, what he did was, when he heard, when other Mishnah heard, Kol Hashem Elohim Halach Begun, that he heard the sound of the Bereshit, whatever that means, rustling in the leaves of the garden. That was Hashem was on, this side, on his side of the street. He said, I'm getting out of here. You know it's absurd. I mean, we all do that. So Admiration said, "I'm getting, I'm getting out of here." He ran across the street, and he hid from Hashem. Who pushed this chavim ran away. 
Kan Mizgal on the Kudush Yiris Chait Bitsur Shainena Nachona. Here we are learning the Nakuda of Yiras Chait, of what it means to be uh, a person that's Yirah uh, Chait, uh, in a way that is not right, which is the way that most of us got it. You know, I, I don't know. Each person has a different story, but mostly that's what's given over. Let's, you know, in all honesty, that's mostly what's given over, and and that type of yiras chait, even though it might not cause you to stop putting up film to stop keeping Shabbos, in other words, you might not go across the highway, or you might not move to a different town, but you clearly don't want to be in the same neighborhood. So you put on film and you wear tzitzis and you and you keep Shabbos, but you don't want to be close to him, and you lose that feeling of closeness. And there are many other things, obviously, that contribute to that, but you're not close to God. It's a tzur shen in the chayna. Hayira, yira, this person's fear, hapachat mechayit, and his fear of doing uh, of doing something wrong. What what did it, what did it cause? It didn't cause him to get closer to Hashem. It didn't bring him near to Hashem. Hoylet bayasarotz lishabe lishabe It caused him to hide from his. Father from Hashem, which happens so often with parents as well. Sometimes you have a very strict parent, and, and, and the child is afraid of the consequences of doing something that's going to upset the parent. So he learns that the only aid that he could, the only that he aid that he learns from that is not to get closer to the will of his parents, not to get closer to the way of his parents, but he hides from his parents. So he starts to live a double life. In the house, he looks like he's a nice from kid. Outside of the house, it's a different life. He hides from his parents. He doesn't talk to his parents openly and honestly about his life. He's hiding from them. Why? He's afraid. He's afraid of punishment. He's afraid of the one who's punishing. And the only choice that he had is the same choice of other Mauritian, which is, when I hear my father, I hide. When I hear my father coming, that's what the Mauritian did. He heard his father coming. He heard Hashem Mitzvah coming. And and the other mission said, I gotta get out of here. I gotta hide. So then, then the only then, then the children, the child hears his father coming, and he hides. He hides behind the gemara. He hides behind the the hat and the jacket. He hides behind whatever it is that he's hiding behind, that makes his father happy. But he hides. That's not that's not the purpose of punishment. That's not the purpose of suffering. That's not the purpose of fear. Of being afraid. And that's why so that's why unless we're learning to safer, we can't even talk about. It. Anymore, you can't talk about it like in a shir in public. I mean, there are plenty of people that do that. But they usually, don't, you know, they have three people coming or something. Not even, and those three are usually not so healthy. <laughs> so, so you can't talk about it because everybody's run, everybody runs for the hills because all they've heard in their homes and in yeshiva are these talks that that bring have brought in their lives to leading double lives. In other words, I'll be one thing in my house, I'll be another thing outside my house. When my father's not watching. What makes it particularly unbearable is the thought that God always sees you. Your father might not see you, but God always sees you. And that's where it comes from, a lot of the anger and throwing away the tone and not wanting Shabbos. It's even stronger than with the father. Because with the father, the kid can still make believe he has a double life. With Hashem, if you think about it, there's no such thing as a double life. It's absurd. Because he sees you everywhere you are. He goes with you everywhere. You can't really hide from him. So that's what makes it particularly dangerous. <coughs> but everything that is between us and Hashem is a muscle that we can understand. Uh, the muscle we can understand is with the parent and the child. 
it's very it's a very obvious marshal how the children more now than ever you have kids you see them you would never believe it they have a secret life like on the emails they have a secret life you know, many of us had like that growing up I'm not saying it to one degree or another how bad it was They're not the same as it was at home not the same we weren't the same as we were at home it's very very rare that you'll find a kid that could say to his parents this is, what I, this is my virus this is what I did wrong very very rare <clears throat> you find that a lot by people who are not religious or by loud or by guardian that they could talk that way and, and, and many times they're, mo- they're more emotionally stable than we are because they didn't, they didn't split their lives they just you know, everything's okay so they just they don't have to they don't have to play games with their parents they don't have to have like a secret name on the computer you know what I mean they don't care the parents don't care if they go on the computer and they see the kids up to something he'll put his arm around this and I'm proud of you boy you know, I did, you know you're doing better than me when I was your age <laughs> they don't have to the kid doesn't have to live a double life so they that's why you see many of the Balichu but they don't have certain emotional baggage a lot of uh, us from have because they didn't have this game growing up they didn't have to play hide and seek with mommy and daddy it was okay daddy's okay with your girlfriend you have to play like hide and seek but when you're from you have to play hide and seek so you're crossing the street from God you're crossing the street from your father so you're leading a double life and nobody feels good about that you don't feel good about that so you have to you know, figure out what to do with that so to one degree or another people you know, people have all different ways of trying to work it out in their lives. The hide and seek, cat and mouse. Look, I have, some people just drop it all together because they just forget I've had it and they just cross over and say, I'll deal with it, whatever. Um, but they just cross over. Others uh, who maybe are too tied up, because kids, kids don't have so many chesbanes, but when you're older, you have too many connections and ties. It looks funny, but you're going to start, you know, you're going to start hanging out at a pool hall or something. It's ridiculous. So other people, older people, so they, they have different ways of, of, of crossing the street. They just don't care about it. They, they, they're distant from Hashem, but they, uh, and they, they try to find the fastest minion and whatever else goes on. You know what I'm talking about. But it's not being with Hashem. It's not being with Hashem. And when people talk about closeness to God, it gets these people very, very nervous. Very nervous. Just the way psychologically, the fact that they have a sibling that's close to their father and they're not, it gets them very nervous. They usually can't deal with that sibling. It's usually fighting between siblings when one is very close to the parents and the other is not. When one is not when one is not playing cat and mouse, the other is playing cat and mouse. The, the siblings are at war because they're uncomfortable with the fact that somebody else is close to mommy or daddy. And I'm not. I'm playing the game. All of these things that in, in life is emotional of what's going on with this game. It's all emotional. A lot of the fighting between siblings has to do with if it can come out 50 years later in therapy that's because uh, daddy liked you or mommy liked you and all this stuff is all these kinds of things that we're talking about the running away and the hiding the cat and mouse the hide and seek it's all this Indian of unhealthy fear of unhealthy fear a, pair, a child needs to be afraid of his parent but in a way that makes him close to his parent a, child, a Jew needs to be afraid of Hashem but in a way that makes him close to Hashem as well not further away that's what you say. The fear that he had caused him to run away. This is not Hanhaga Amitis. This is not what Elul is supposed to be either. The time of Elul is not running away from God. It's just the opposite. It's all the time of closeness to Hashem. So how does that stim with being afraid of our affairs? 
seems to be a contradiction by many people. How does that stem? God loves me, He loves me. And then every single thing that you hear and every shmuz you're hearing is about how, boy, are you in trouble. Boy, are you in trouble. I don't know what kind of love is that. Every shmuz is about, about uh, and the person can't can't understand. I'm not afraid of anything. Look at the whole capital was saying the whole Elul. Everything is close in Stakadash Baruch, not far. This Hashem be saying now. And so many of the of the of the talks that people are giving now are, are taking the Biyasa curve and, and frightening the person and making him far. Telling and making him go across the street. It's Biyasa curve. It's the closest time. Smelch Basat, like the Tanya says, the king is out in the fields. The king leaves his palace. The king has gone out of his palace. When the king is in his palace, he can't get near him. Elul, the king, is a Melech Basad. He's a king that walks out to the fields to the people. The Barishalam is now away from his palace. He's coming out to the, to the island. And when the king is by, the, by the, the fields, anybody can go to him, everybody. Does that mean not to be afraid? What about the called Yamim Neroim, days of awe? So he says, the true Surah the true way of Yira. He, Kisha Adam Yadeh, Sheetzama Yira, he There's only one way. And that's when a person thinks about this all the time. That it's the Ratzna it's the Hashem that I be afraid of him. The Baruch Shalom wants me to feel this. The Baruch Shalom wants, he really wants me to only love him and to do the right thing because I love him. And, and because of, you know, Malchus, and because of all the nice and sweet and good things. That's really L'Chadchil. But the Baruch Shalom wants me when I'm in a state that's not feeling so close to him, like say I'm having a problem, or I'm in a, I'm in a time of the year either. The Baruch Shalom wants me to remember their consequences and that he, and that he will and that he's telling me that the Baruch Shalom wants me to know that because he loves me and wants me to be closer to him and doesn't want me to do this that's going to cause the consequences of suffering and punishment but it's always that Hashem Baruch wants me to feel this not a, a, not a, 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 a um, my feeling of terror my feeling of fear that's intuitive that's just then you just run away he says who by my being afraid of punishment, and by my living through the, this, the, this difficulty and living through the punishment and the suffering that comes with it, this is fulfilling the Ratzon Hashem. This is what Hashem is about wants. There's nothing. There's nothing that's giving Hashem is about more nachas than me being than me feeling this way. I'm giving him nachas. He loves me more for this. He loves me more. He's bringing me closer to him because of this. Nimtza shahayira he mitzvah. Yira is the biggest mitzvah. It's the biggest mitzvah. It's not a, it's not stam, a feeling. It's a mitzvah, a kind of mitzvah. And mitzvah is my word, tzavta. Tzavta means to be bound together. Balshanta Bakodesh said. Tzavta means like a tzavet. Like in modern Hebrew they use the Israelis. It means a unit. A unit. Tzavta means when something is bound together. To be bound together. 
It means it, it, it means it brings me closer to Hashem. It brings me closer to When a child is able to think, when he's far away from home, and he's able to think that my father loves me so much, and he taught me so much, and if I do this thing, he might not ever, my father might not ever find out about, about it. He might not find out about it. But I feel so close to him. I feel so close to him. That I'm afraid of any possible consequences that might come as a result of him potentially finding out. Which in the case of Hashem is always true because he always finds out. He always knows. Not because of the thing itself, the patch, or that he's going to patch me. But because but because of the Ahav and the Devekas. And because I don't feel that right now. I don't feel right now the Ahav and the Devekas. But I know that this is my Father's will. I know that He wants me right now to think of Him, to remember Him. Like the Maestro, I told you with the Gary Rebbe, with the Chassid that went, you remember the Chassid that was, went to Paris. And the Gary Rebbe told him to buy him a, uh, to buy him, the Gary Rebbe says, my favorite cigar, there's a place in Paris, there, this, you can get my favorite cigar, if you can get me a cigar. And the, and the Gary Rebbe told him which store in Paris sells the cigar. You remember I told him, I said, and then the Chassid, the Chassid, uh, forgot to buy it you know he was over there in Paris he got busy he was there for business he got busy you know and he was enjoying himself in Paris and he forgot and he came back and he got he got to ready to Warsaw so he forgot so uh, he came when he came to the Rebbe the Rebbe the Rebbe the Rebbe the Rebbe said to him so he said, Rebbe, I got the same. I got the same cigar. I was able to get in Warsaw. I found the shop. He went all around Warsaw, finding like a smoke shop that had good stuff in Paris. I got the cigar. I got him. So the guy Rebbe gave him a patch. He said to him, Shoyf, do you think I care about a cigar from Paris? I couldn't care less about not taking this cigar. The reason I told you that 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 was that I wanted that when you're in Paris, you should remember that you have a Rebbe that lives in, in Warsaw. Do you remember me? You should think of my face. That's what I wanted. I don't care about the cigar. I want you to think about me. To remember that you have a rebbe. You're not a Parisian. You're a Gerichos. That's why. I don't care about cigars. To be afraid. He was afraid that he forgot the rebbe's cigar. And now the rebbe's not going to have a smoke. No. I want you to be afraid of me. Not to be afraid of me, but to remember me. And my rotsen is that you remember me. That's what it means. Yes, that's my rotsen. You should remember me. <coughs> you should remember that you have a rebbe. You should remember you have a rebbeinu Stop when you when the chas is in Gera and was. He doesn't need that. He sees his rebbe. He feels close to his rebbe. He davens with his rebbe. It's gewaldik. And that's okay. But sometimes you're far away from your rebbe. Sometimes you're far away from the rebbeinu then why is that you have to remember what's remembering is you assign this don't forget I told you to do something don't forget don't forget that's how the Babish Rebbe Sushim used to always say to the Chassidim because the Chassidim always complaining that they don't have a chance to talk to him because it got so big and they don't have a chance to talk to him so the Babish Rebbe used to always say you don't have to talk to me do what I tell you to do right? I gave you a lot of stuff to do do what I told you do, do what I told you do my shlichas I told you when I, if you do what I told you you're close to me 
you have a problem, you want to talk, talk. I have, to them, I should be, you know, talk to one, the rebbein. But, but do, if you, you want to be close to me, that doesn't mean you have to come talk to me every three weeks, or every three years. No, rather, there's a, no. I, you heard what I had to say. You heard it, I told you many times. I told the chassid many times. I gave clear instructions of what my rotsin is. Do what I told you. And be afraid of the consequences if you don't. And be afraid of the consequences if you don't. It was yesterday, just as a marshal, but I'm to use a marshal from Tumah, because the marshal the from Tumah are very strong. Because Tumah is very strong. Mm-hmm. We were the mishpach yesterday. We were we were in, in, in uh, Massachusetts, and the drawing is very beautiful. And we went to see this. It's called the Shaker Village. Have you ever the Shakers? They were very very from going. They went away from the whole world. They were like like the Amish, except they didn't hold from the Levushim like that. But they were, and they had used electricity. But they were in the in the religious. They were very very religious, and they when they daven, they were screaming and jumping. They were very 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 religious, and and they had very strong they had very strong laws. And it's a very beautiful place. How they kept it. And it was they, they they left this since 1960. You know, they're not there, and they sold it. And they kept this museum. It's very beautiful. They lived in real pastures. There's a lot to admire how they lived pastures. So one of the things that they held from very stark was celibacy, total celibacy. Yes. You know, so how are you supposed to have an island? You know. <laughs> so the, the truth is that they couldn't have an island. In the pictures, they have all the little children, but it's only when people converted to, to them and they came with kids. So they had a school for the kids, but then when they grow up, you know, a lot to. So uh, you understand? There's there's, a, there's only seven or eight of them left that have a place in Maine. There's no more. To, so, you know, it wasn't a popular movement. <laughs> but at the time, it was popular. There, 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 there were quite a few of them. It's fascinating. There were quite a few of the settlements, and there were a few thousand of them. So, so you know, the kids didn't want to go to this thing. You know, but but I was so interested in this whole... I mean, it couldn't stay long because the kids were getting, you know... But I wanted to read everything and to hear what they, had, they were explaining, the guy was explaining... And also how beautiful their work that they made, the carpentry and everything. Meridic. Everything was meridic. And smart how they did everything. And they lived like in pastas and with, everything was separate, men and women. And the guy that were there, because it was a tour, the guy, you know, there were people that they were in this spot. How could it be? There was a separate door by the meals. They all ate together like in the kibbutz. The men come in, there was a door. They asked, why, they asked why the two doors. So my, my kids were always saying, for men and women. <laughs> but the people who were there, the guy had never heard anything. They said, what? And the guy said, that's right, that's right. They said, because the Orthodox know. He said, the Orthodox Jews know, right? You know. You know this. The other people never saw such a thing. And they had separate, everything meant separate. There was a waiting room for the meals, and the people would come that they shouldn't hang out in the lobby together, men and women, separate waiting room. Men, separate room. Very, very short, like it was very short. So then they, uh, there was an old guy who was telling the whole of the uh, tour guide. He was, very, he was very good. So he said, he's talking about the whole Indian. I had a lot of questions to ask, but I didn't want to ask you know, <laughs> people there to ask. I, mean, I was interested in all these things. So uh, he was one, he was one of them. Or? No, 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 but he's Nainical. Uh-huh. <laughs> he comes from that. Uh-huh. He's an so, Yeah, they all, uh, right? But but, but he's a, he's a, you can see he's a very refined person, uh-huh. a nice guy, a very fine guy. So you know, a religious man. So he he was saying. So afterwards. Myself, my brother, my sisters, my wife, my sister, we all went over to him. The kids were drawing around looking at cows somewhere. I, went, and I, and I, want to, I, had, I had like 100 questions. 
So, uh, and he wanted to talk to us because he saw that we're like uh, from him. He wanted to talk. So, so my, so, so my sister-in-law asked, and what happened? You know, p- human beings, human beings. What happened if one of the women, one of the girls from the community, they, she was pregnant? Did that happen? She said, sure, it happened. The people, of course it happened. So, what, 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 what happened? What would happen then? Could they have the baby and remain? Like, what was the... So he said that it meant automatic excommunication from the community, and it meant banishment, but they would give food and money to the mother and child, and they had the they had the recourse of being able to come back after, I don't remember, six months, but the din was, to come back and to ask the elders, if there was an elder and an elders. In those days, it was the only thing that had equality, men and women. In other words, they had like a rabbi and they had a rabbi. They weren't married, but they had a, they had a lady. Or a, she was the leader for the girls and they had a man. And, and they, she would have to go back. This mother would have to go back. And the, and the man that did uh, was guilty. They'd have to come back and to ask, and they would give them tikkun to the tshuva. Yeah, this the whole thing to the tshuva. And after a certain amount of time, of whatever of tshuva, they would come and they would have talks to them and talk to them and talk to them, and they could be accepted back with the baby. They could be accepted back and to resume that life. They could be accepted back. There were many, many other interesting. Of course, I told the kids a hundred times. I said, you know why it's called Shaker Viz? Because Shaker is also Shaker. They call them Shakers because they used to daven. They used to jump up and down. They called them Shakers. I said, Shaker. All Shaker. I said, it's a beautiful place. I said, all Shaker. All Shaker. But I told the child, I want you to see. I want you to see that a person, that a person, this is all of a desire, but look, Amuna, they believe. Look what they, look what they believe in. And they gave the whole lives over, go the whole lives over to this Indian. And they lived, they lived like this, Bishalom with each other, and like a brotherhood, promise how they lived. What did they believe in? They believe in Yashko? Very stark, sure. Very, very stark. It's, it's, a, it's a type of Protestantism with certain the, the you know in the Protestantism they have certain but they're, they're, they're very and they lived in pastures and they didn't and they, gave, they didn't have any private ownership they gave to each other and they lived they prospered they had what to eat they, had, and they gave to poor people they gave everything to poor people outside the community they used to give to poor people they used to give to poor they lived an exemplary for a guy I mean they lived mamish an exemplary lifestyle but this Indian of course uh, uh, of the celibacy which is not the Rats and Hashem it's it's self-destructive and it's not normal it's against the tether of a human being but, but you see that the, the, you see that a person can live such a such a life there's such a uh, but the underlying side of it was filled with so much fear so much pacha it was filled with so much pacha uh, because they were punished very strong if they did anything it was very very strong punishments you know like that. it's not like we have that like them that if a bezin once gave you know in all the years gave by then the taki used to give and they had pictures there they put them in stockade you know they were very stacked with all the things anything was the slightest bit off they were very very stacked but you see a dogma of the Indian of Yira but you understand what I was, the whole point I wanted to make is that it couldn't survive because everybody ran away they ran away from it not just the celibacy thing they ran away from it they ran away it's, I'm, I was amazed that it, it lasted two, it lasted 200 years it lasted 200 years till 1960 uh, now, now they have something it's nothing but they, 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 had, they had big communities and they had converts people coming over them till, till 1960 and they lived this 
Pashtas everything until 1960. It's a mush, but it can't it can't sustain itself because the Yisoyed, besides the Indian, it's not natural, it's not normal. Besides that, it's Sheker, Sheker in Lamaglam, Sheker can't go either. But but the Yisoyed of it is a Pachet, is a year. It's a Pachet of year. None of them are ever smiling in the pictures. Nobody's smiling. It's like you know, nobody's, sm- nobody's like angry, serious. Nobody's smiling, and there's stuff they like. Like they wrote, like there was a cabinet. They used to have. They were, they were very big carpet. There was a cabinet. Where they kept all the oils and candles and stuff. And uh, and on the cabinet, somebody wrote there, like, you know, if you don't put it in nice, it spills. So somebody wrote like such a lush, like you know, you know, like a strong lush for those who spill. These sinners who spill will be burnt themselves by the. So, wow, it's like a, a pretty rough place, you know. Like if you just spill a little oil, like you're going to get hit. And you know, it was all that. It was all very strong, but the people run away. But the tachlis of year is to be together. The zui nakuda ma'ida muka benefesh. There's a very deep nakuda. There's a very very deep nakuda in the soul of a person. And the dreshes lakach avayda tsuma. This doesn't come easily. You got to work on this a lot. This is a big avayda to work on this nakuda. It seems he says that one of the biggest mistakes that avayda Hashem are making. Even the Kuda Azais is in this Nakuda, this is what we're talking about. Adam Shakur Biyir, you have a person that he's very strong into the fear, into Yira. He grew up with uh, being afraid of Gehanim. But instead of that, bringing him, bringing him closer to Hashem and making him into a better Jew, this itself takes him further and further away from God. I, I can't tell you how many people I've dealt with that have done things that were wrong even some that didn't it wasn't by their choice I, I had mice and I dealt with girls that were raped from girls that were raped and guys that, that, that were forced to do terrible things and they go totally away from Yiddishkeit because they they because they feel that, that Hashem would never they did such terrible things it's not even their fault but they, they're so disgusted with the, and, they, and they're so uh, afraid of, uh, of, uh, of the consequences of what, of what they've done that they can't have any shaykhs that Hashem they can't feel close to God. See here, because he's so serious, somebody's so serious about, and so that they can't, that it takes them further away. Either he's afraid of Hashem who's, who's going to punish him in Gehenim. Next page. Then God appears to this person, takes on the takes on the image in this person's life. As, as some kind of a he says some kind of an image that we can't even express in other words God becomes he doesn't want to say it, but God becomes this person like some horrible nasty punishing wicked God like God becomes scary God becomes scary Mimela it could be that this person has some fear but the fear doesn't bring him any closer to God. The fear takes him away from God. You don't want to be with somebody that you're afraid of. You don't want to have a shaykhist to someone that gets you, that, that's going to beat you and hurt you. And you, you run away from that. So the year itself takes you away. And remember, he said, this seems to him to be the main nakud that God-fearing people have, make a mistake. This thing. He says, you hear this? The main thing in all of Yiddishkeit 
is there is no such thing as anything in Avodah Hashem that's, that, that's purpose is not to bring you closer to God. Every single thing in Yiddishkeit has one purpose. Akesha Dasha. That's all. Everything in Yiddishkeit is to bring you closer, not further. Obviously, love of God makes you closer. Obviously, attachment that makes you closer to Him. We have to understand, we have to change the way of thinking that Yira, fear, the whole Tachlism, there's on the to attach you to the Bari. Not any less than love of God. When we understand this Nakuda, we profit in two ways. We benefit two things. One, your service of Hashem is true because here is for the purpose of getting close to Hashem so you're doing the right thing you're serving God in the right way in an amistic way and the second thing is, uh, rather no that's still the first thing and the, and the true thing is that what did your year doesn't take you away from God and the second thing is many many people are afraid that's why they can't talk about it to even work on your they don't want to think of your assignment that's a Russian name Kippur, such an uncomfortable time, all oh, the whole thing. Sleek is Russian Kippur, like everybody gets nervous and afraid. Because they don't want to think about your assignment. They don't want to begin with that. They're afraid that if they start thinking about your assignment, they're going to get sad, depressed. They're afraid that if I become God fearing, if I get to be that way, then you call I'm going to live all the time. I'm not going to have fun. I'm not going to enjoy. I'm going to be afraid. I'm depressed. I'd rather live a nice, calm, easy-going life. I'm not afraid of punishment. I don't think about it. I like the rest of the year. I don't like. I like after Yom Kippur. I don't like Yom Kippur. Sukkot is already good. And even Sukkot is a little bit too much because you got too much, you know, business with God. Get out of that whole parish. Shabbos Bereishis is better than all of it. Get out of the whole thing. They don't want to think about your assignment. I'd rather live in a nice world with just another God loves me and He wants me. Everything is good. That's nice. At least Sukh is a half day son of a That's good. It's not for me. When it's not a take of Dusha Sayyam Kilar, maybe keeps the Rebekah Mibation with my mind. That's not for me. Alkshimavinim. If a person really understands the pnimius of Yerushalayimish, what it really is, Yerushalayimish, then he'll know what we read a little bit back in the, in, in the parasha, that the same way that a father punishes the child, Hashem punishes you. It's the same thing. A father loves his son. So that's why he disciplines him. Mias means to discipline him, but it means to also it also means could be to punish because it means from the word yisurim. Muster, muster, liaser, yisurim. It's all one thing: to rebuke, to punish, to to to, to, uh, to discipline. It's all the same word. With each patch, even though on the outside to everybody it looks like you're getting a, of course you're getting a patch, but azer mapnimi who abba. The Zerm HaPnimi, inside of me, it's my father that's punching me. It's not a stranger. It's not someone who doesn't love me. It's not someone who's hurting me. It's Abba. It's my father. In the year itself, and in the suffering itself, and in getting Pops itself, you're connecting to the Abba, to the Father. So you take the hand that's giving you a patch and you kiss that hand. You kiss that hand. Kiss your father's hand. 
But nowadays, the understanding of a father is so mixed up. It's very hard to think like, you know, normal. He feels the love of his father in that punishment. In the fear of punishment, he feels his father. He connects to his father. Baran Hagon Rav Shach. His Bate Param. Rav Shach once said, a person who really lives with the Creator, even a Ganim itself, he's still attached to God, in Ganim itself. Rav Shach was saying, is there's no Indian in Yiddishkeit of being separate from Him. There's never ever an Indian in Yiddishkeit of being far from God, about being separate from Him. Whether it's love, tefillah, davening, or muna, or faith, or fear. There's no mahalach of distance. There's no such thing as any mahalach of being far. Everything in your life has to bring you closer to your father. Everything. Every matziv in your life to bring you closer. Every single derech and avayda. Our main means, ways of getting closer to Hashem is Yiris Hashem. Next page, Yiras Ha'inish, fear of punishment, he called him called Yiras Hashem, it's not being afraid, it's being afraid of God, it's Hashem, it's not stop being afraid of a dog, being afraid of, of Gan, of, of, of some punishment. When you write the words, when somebody reads the words, Yiras Hashem, and people think that it only means Yiras Ha'inish, uh, but it's not a dirty word Yiras Hashem means with Hashem it means fear of Hashem but it means with Hashem not uh, just of a punishment the reason that people don't like the words Yiras Hashem is because they think it means it means just Gehenna the punishment no it means with Hashem Yiras Hashem means with Hashem when a person lives in this Mahalach, then the Yerushalayim itself brings him closer to God. It's not any less than a different kind of a year. We're going to talk more about it afterwards. You know, a year not because of Aynish, but a year because you, you know, because you don't want to disappoint Hashem or something. But Yerushalayim brings you just as close as any other kind of year. There's a famous Maise, Ba'admer of Chaim Yitzhans from the Sons of When the Sons of came back from the funeral of one of his sons, he had to, one of his sons died. They saw that the Divi Chaim was Besimcha, when he was coming back from the Levaya. The Divi Chaim was Besimcha. Somebody got up the nerve to ask. It was probably the Rebbitzin, got up the nerve to ask the sons of Rav, what's the Simcha? Your son died, what's the Simcha? He answered with a marshal. A person's walking along the street. You suddenly got a, you got a smack on your shoulder when you're walking in the street. Right away you turn back to see who, who did such a thing? Who hit me? You turn around, you see it's your it's your old friend who hasn't seen you in a long time. It's a good buddy of yours. It was giving you a slap on the back. It was a friend of yours. He was giving you an affectionate. He was giving you a patch for affection. 
Like that Sansevav could see such a thing as an affectionate patch. So he was saying that that after just burying his son, how could he feel besimcha? Because he got a patch. But when he turned around, he saw that it was his father that gave him the patch. So the, and, and when the father gives a patch, but the Sandrov is saying it's only a half, it can't be anything else. Even though uh, people like us can't see how is that? That's that's an affectionate patch. That's that's not a, that's that's kicking somebody and knocking him in, 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 across the head and, and, and punching him. No, the Sandrov said it doesn't make a difference the intensity of the patch. It's a question of who gave the patch. That's what he said. And the Sandrov saw that it's the father that gave the patch. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's, that's, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Baruch Hu should help us that we should get closer to Hashem, Bechal Shlav, Bechal Matzav, and every single Shlav, every single step along the way, Bechal Matzav, and every single Matzav that we're in, we use Devukah by His Baruch Kaliyom, to be attached to Hashem's Baruch, always, for all of our lives. We'll start, we'll start Mitchell next week, the pack, the next pack, but I, I said, I strongly, strongly urge you to come if you're able to. I know some of you don't live in, now, in the five towns by us, but it's, this is really an opportunity that the author of the Lavi Mishkan Efne is coming. He'll be in the shul. He'll be in the shul Sunday, Mitch Hashem, at 8.30. is giving his shuls. 8.30 at night, Sunday night, if you're, if you're able to come by and to tell other... In, in, in Lashon HaKadosh, but very easy Lashon he, say, he He says very slow, and he, I mean, that's what... That's what, they, uh, that's what I was told, and uh, someone told me that they saw. Did any of you see it on the on the um, computer? They, they they had a sheer. They have some shear of his on the computer. Um, he, so, um, so somebody told me that they, they that it was very clear. The it was very clear. So if you have to bring to bring Chev to try to, to see, I mean I don't know. I never heard him speak. I don't know, but that that, that very very chosher. I think for every one of us to come.